Hello there, and thanks for joining me for today's podcast, Prescription Medication. Let me ask you a question. Are you an average prescription drug user? Well, here's the way that you can figure that out. You may not know if you're average or not. Uh, How do you know that? But the research has indicated that the average person using drug medication, that's, that's legal drug, that's not illegal, this is legal drug medication, prescriptions, take 19 different prescriptions, take 19 different prescriptions. Now, how is that figured out? In the year 2014, uh, America spent about $375 billion annually to purchase medication. And they purchased 4.3 billion drug prescriptions. So that breaks down to about 19 prescriptions per user or per customer. So there you are. Are you average or not? How close are you to the 19 prescriptions that the average American you know, takes? Two out of three Americans take some sort of prescription. Now, America only accounts for about 5% of the world's population. But 75% of the prescription drug use. So we are a drug use nation. We are a prescription-oriented nation. We are a drug-dependent nation. We are a drug-obsessed nation. We are wimps. We use medication to reduce pain in large numbers. We don't learn to tolerate pain. We don't learn alternative ways of dealing with it. We turn to the prescription drug industry for our answer. Here's a typical story, and it really tells how one becomes addicted. This is a story of addiction, actually. So if you want to know how you become addicted, what are you talking about? Addicted to uh, pain medication, such as an opioid, or you're addicted to alcohol or cigarettes or to one of the legal or illegal drugs. doesn't matter. The addiction process is all the same. There's no difference in what drug you use. The addiction process, the addiction outcome, the addiction consequences are all the same. Burgess McNamara was a football player at um, Central Florida University. Injured himself, as many football players do. Sustained significant knee injury. And to be able to live his life without pain, he was prescribed Percocet and Vicodin, two opiates, medication, two painkillers. And he took those regularly. Percocet and Vicodin. Maybe you're on the same kind of path. That was just for the purpose of numbing the discomfort. Now, pain medication never heals. It does not heal the pain. It dulls the pain. It never heals the cause of the pain, the source of the pain. It only dulls the level of pain that you perceive. So after a while, he eventually required knee surgery. So after knee surgery, because of the pain and because of the intensity of the pain, Oxycontin was prescribed by his physician. Oxycontin is like Percocet and Vicodin, but more strength, greater 
It's an opioid medication, and it's one of the strongest ones that one would take. Now, here's what he experienced, and this is what the addiction issue is, okay? Listen. The drug is reported to last about 12 hours. Now, we call that the half-life of a drug. That is, it, the effect of it lasts about 12 hours. That's what, that's what he was told and what often physicians are told and physicians tell their patients. Take one a day, about every, maybe two a day. It, it lasts for about 12 hours. But, you know, his experience was not the case at all. This is true. This is common. It lasted only six hours. So what did he do at six hours? Took another one. And that was supposed to last 12 hours, but it didn't. It only lasted six hours. So what did he do at the six hours? He took another one. And then six hours later, he took another one. And six hours later, he took another one. And now he's multiplying the number of oxycotton that he's taking. And what this brings about is increased use, increased addiction. So not only did he experience that the oxycotton lasted six hours, but it was soon thereafter that the oxycotton only lasted four hours. And now at four hours, he would take another one. Four hours later, another one. Four hours later, taking another one. And that's where the addiction takes place. Because here's the, here's the message of addiction. For the first half, like for the first six hours, you feel good. You feel elated. You feel energized. You feel like a new person. The pain is gone. The pain is relieved. And you feel this surge of energy and a surge of determination to live your life. You feel good. But six hours later, that reverses itself. And now you feel great pain. Now you feel depression. Now you feel oppression. Now you feel very much alone. And you have this sense of powerlessness, hopelessness, helplessness that prevails. So what do you do? You want to change that feeling. You know that if you take another oxycotton, you'll feel good. And you know all that negative feeling of suppression and oppression and depression and uh, agitation and irritability and that will go away. So you take another oxycotton to get through the next six hours. And then another one to get through the six hours and so on until you start taking every four hours, every three hours, every two hours. Before you know it, you're eating this stuff like candy. M&Ms, if you will. That's how addiction starts. You can take any drug. You can take any substance. When it's first followed by a positive experience of some type, and then followed by a negative experience of some kind, it is potentially addictive. Because what you do then is you take more of it to get the positive effect and take away the negative impact or the negative effect on you. And you think it's a win-win. You get the good, you lose the bad, and now you are hooked on a medication that does that, a drug that does that. Alcohol, doesn't matter what it is. It all follows the same pattern. And that's the pattern of addiction. That's the definition of addiction. So if you ask a person if they're addicted, they're going to say, oh, no, I don't, I'm not addicted. I know I'm not what I'm doing. I can control it. They're addicted if they use this pattern of behavior. If they experience good, followed by bad, and then they use that drug again to get the good and not get the bad, before you know it, 
they're doing this at a routine level, frequent level, and an overuse of that particular substance. And there we have addiction. So that's the essence of what addiction is in America and in the life of an individual. Now, in the case of this young gentleman, Burgess McNamara, football player, after his surgery, <laughs> the pain was so great he had to go to something greater. Oxycontin didn't do it for him. Now Oxycontin lost its favor, lost its savor, if you will, lost its impact, lost the good. So what do you do then? You start looking for an alternative. And what's the alternative? Well, the drug cartel of Mexico has brought it to us. It's called heroin. Now we turn to heroin, which is what this young gentleman did. Because heroin is Oxycontin at a greater level of intensity. And it's going to make a difference immediately. Going to give you that good or going to give you that high. But soon thereafter, it's going to be followed by a very significant low. You're going to feel energized, followed by depression and oppression and pain. So what are you going to do? Take more of it. More often. Greater amounts of it. More frequently. Before you know it, your life is on the line. Your life is at stake. You have two choices. Just go with the addiction and eventually die. Because addiction leads to death. So you can just go with the addiction and you'll die. Or you get into a treatment program that will get you off the stuff and help you stay off the stuff for the rest of your life. There's not many alternatives. There's not many alternatives for you. To think that you can do it on your own is folly. To think that you're going to go get your own counselor or you're going to figure out your own plan, you're going to take extra vitamins or you're going to take extra herbal medications or whatever it might be is all folly. It doesn't happen that way. So addiction will lead to death. You'll fail in all these self-help programs that you might want to engage in. You always think of it this way. The Mexican cartel has a greater impact on your life than you have on your own life. Because they have a substance that will give you what you want. And that is a high, an energized feeling, a great positive effect. And then they have the answer to the alternative. When you start feeling bad, when you start feeling de depressed, when you start feeling hurt, feeling increased pain, they have an answer. They'll give you more heroin greater heroin, greater strength of heroin. And that's the answer that they have to offer. So you can either follow the pattern of uh, the Mexican cartel. You can follow the pattern of addiction. Or you can turn to somebody, some program, that will get you out of it through a definite rehabilitation program for drug addicts. And they, that doesn't come cheap. That doesn't come easily. And it doesn't come quickly. So you got to really decide whether you want the pathway of the cartel, which will lead to death, or you want the pathway that will lead to freedom. And you have to pay a price for that. You'll have to determine, you know, to go for it. But it's available you know, to you in, in America. We have rehabilitation programs in America. Every city has them. Every state has them.
Some are better than others. And if one doesn't help you, go to another one. Check them out. Ask. Ask therapists. The ones that they recommend. So, deal with it. See it as a problem for what it is. And see where you are in the whole process of addiction. You may be in the early stages. where you are just playing this game of getting some kind of a medication or drug or substance to give you a good positive feeling. But when it's followed by a negative feeling, a bad feeling, a hurtful feeling, a loneliness feeling, a deep inner pain feeling, you know that you're into the addiction process. You know it. I know it. You're into the addiction process. And the sooner you deal with it, the better. And interestingly, this isn't only true of substances. This is true of other things. Shopping can do the same thing. Give you that high followed by that feeling of depression and loneliness. Pornography can give you the same kind of an effect. You look at a pornography and it gives you that accelerated grip on adrenaline. Gives you arousal, gives you a high. But that soon wears off. And then you got to have more. And that soon wears off, you got to have more. A pornography is no different than alcohol. No different than cigarettes. No different than heroin. No different than Oxycontin. And on down the line. Addiction is addiction. Whether you're dealing with the substance, or you're dealing with images, or you're dealing with a behavior pattern such as shoplifting, or uh, peeping Tom kind of behavior, or um, just going out and doing a shopping spree. So, they're all the same. Addiction's the same. Don't think that the addiction to alcohol you don't have. If you have another kind of addiction, you probably have several addictions going in your life at the same time. So make sure you deal with this in a very, very positive kind of way. Okay? Now, the pharmaceutical company, I've, I've talked about the Mexican cartel. But you know, the pharmaceutical companies of America are also on your tail. They want your business. Did you know that in uh, the year um, 2007? And the um, all about six years before that, that the use of pharmaceuticals, you know, I'm talking about pain medication, increased about 78%. 78%. Why? Well, here's why. Pharmaceutical companies started giving doctors coupons that they could give out to their patients to go to the drugstore and get Oxycontin, an opiate. Or they gave the doctor the drug themselves. And then they gave them out as free samples. So in other words, they were pushing this. They were advertising it and pushing it. So 34,000 coupons were given free to doctors to give out to patients so they could go get free Oxycontin. Well, it doesn't take much right when you understand addiction. You take free Oxycontin and within a matter of months, you're going to need more of it. And your doctor doesn't have any more coupons. You're going to need more of it. And your doctor doesn't have any more samples. So what are you going to do? Your money runs out. You start buying it. But your money runs out. It's expensive. Then what do you do? You start stealing. Then what do you do? You start falsifying prescriptions. You go to two different doctors, three different doctors, four different doctors to get these pills. 
You steal them from various sources. If you're a nurse, you, you steal them from the hospital or from a clinic. And that's what this gentleman, Burgess McNamara, did. He was a school teacher. And he would go into the nurse's office and take Oxycontin out of the cabinets, the drug cabinets of the school. So you start to be desperate. And you start to find ways to do it. And like him, there's more to lose than there is to gain. He lost his teaching credential. He went to prison for almost two years. Why? Because he caught, was caught with possession of narcotics, forging prescriptions, stealing prescriptions from a source. And that's the result of addiction. That's what you do when you're addicted. You become so desperate for the substance and you have no source to pay for it. You have to then turn to these other ways of getting it, illegal though they may be. Now, if you're fortunate to be very wealthy, you're fortunate to have a very strong income on a weekly, monthly basis, you can afford the Oxycontin. You can afford a great deal of alcohol. You can afford a lot of, of uh, heroin and heroin-related drugs and medication. You can afford that. You can afford the methamphetamines. I mean, you can afford it but your life will end up in the heap. You'll die as a result of this addiction because it'll eventually get you. The heart will eventually weaken. The heart will eventually give way. And the addiction will be so great, so intense, that you'll start to act out in ways that would be irrational, illegal, and not certainly in the best interest of your health and welfare or your marriage or your business, or your family life. You lose it all. You know that. You lose it all. AA calls this hitting bottom. You lost your wife. You lost your kids. You lost your home. You, know, you lost your business. You lost your career. You lost the purpose for going to school and getting an education. You lost your faith. You lost your family. You're lost. You're a lost soul. And the end result is death. Well, that's the psychology report today, and um, sobering though it may be, but take a look at your own uh, life. Are you an average prescription user in America? Are you, got, are you taking 19 different medications? Well, that's average. <laughs> so, a lot more than many, many people take. And if you're in that kind of a boat, you better start dealing with this more rationally and more seriously. You better get somebody to help you put your life together. Some medications may be necessary for healing purposes, for restoring purposes. But there's a lot of medications that do not heal. All they do is abate. All they do is dull. All they do is suppress the feeling associated with whatever injury you have or whatever disease you have or whatever discomfort you have. So if you're taking medication to suppress, there are, there's no end to it. If you're taking medication for healing purposes, yes, there may be an end to that medication when healing has been completed. So put that together, okay, in your own life. Anyway, thanks for joining me. I recommend my uh, website, booksbyhedberg.com. Hey, go to my book there, Achieving and Living a Healthy Lifestyle in a World of Stress. I deal with this issue of addiction. And I deal with this issue of pain and 
controlling your pain and controlling your health and building up positive health and dealing with illness and sickness and pain and hurt and injury and so on. So um, it's a great book. You'll find a lot of good help there. Achieving and Living a Healthy Lifestyle in a World of Stress. Okay? It's yours for the taking. Go to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. Get your copy. And maybe pick up another one, too. See you next time on the Psychology Report. Bye for now.